drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast here on a Wednesday. Talking all things Detroit Lions. We know we're coming off a really, really rough game against Tampa Bay. But you know how we do on the show. We're going to talk about tons of other stuff. Um, we've got we've got a hot take. we got something you got to listen to. It's going to stir you up. It's going to get you all hot and bothered. You're going to have controversy. It's going to be entertaining. Um, you got to stay tuned for that. We're going to go over the roster moves this year by the Detroit Lions. Uh, tell you a little bit more about that and tell you about some names and faces you totally forgot about that were on this team months ago. And uh, I'm going to ask Grifka. New year, new team. Get his expectations, his thoughts, what's going to go on, how we can get this team around, get excited for the offseason. So, got to stay tuned for all that. We got our great sponsors on the show, and we got Grifka on the show, the one and only at Grifka DKC on Twitter. Grifka, how are you, buddy? Oh, man. Holidays. We're in between those Christmas, New Year's ones. So, I'm doing good. Doing good. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, so, I. Gosh, I don't even know. I, I, I mean, I guess we're going to start with the Tampa Bay review. But, you know, to me, this this game was exactly what me and you predicted last Friday on the show. Um, big blowout. We both had it. I mean, Lions d- didn't do anything offensively, you know, early in the game. I think it was the first drive, maybe the third or fourth play. You know, Matt Stafford goes to throw a screen pass. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those where he was going to run a screen. You know, the guy got on him too hot. He either tried to go sidearm or just flicked it out there and then just kind of walked backwards and sprained his ankle. So at that point, not only was the game pretty much already over, but our offensive day was over because, you know, we knew we didn't have weapons coming in. Now we don't have our quarterback. We know how backup quarterbacks go in the NFL, but Grifka, this is where the hot take comes in. Are you ready for this? Yeah, you, I'm. I'm very interested in this. <laughs> Grifka, like, I mean, throughout the time on this show, we're always we're talking a lot about Matt Stafford. We're trying to decide if we need to draft a new rookie quarterback. You know where he falls. We we often on the show back him up and sort of praise you know the good things that he does and and talk about why you can can get some other pieces and he's the least of their worries, all that type of stuff. Grifka, I'm, I'm shocked how many people on Twitter and online in general just have this absolute love for Matt Stafford. That's unconditional, just unbelievable. Like guy can do no wrong. Right. Which I'll go online and I'll say like, good guy, great arm, good family, man, good in the community. All that stuff, right? Everybody knows he's got all that going for him. Uh, the problem with the people that don't like the guy is that he's been here 12 seasons. He's got no playoff wins. He usually crumbles to the good teams. And, you know, then the, the lovers will say, well, he didn't have anything around him. Or, you know, we've been through that. Everybody knows that. But here, here's the hot take of the day, Grifka. The, the, the new thing the last four or five years with Matt Stafford has been Quote, quote of the week the last few weeks. He's tough as nails. Grifka, I'm here to tell you, both for entertainment purposes here on the show and maybe I truly believe it in my heart of hearts, is Matt Stafford really that tough? I mean, this guy gets unconditional love from the national media and from every fan that no matter what you love or hate about him, everybody will say how tough he is. Looking back at some things, I mean, he has index finger injuries... He has a sprained ankle that keeps you out. He's got, like, every time he gets hit, he gets hurt. 
<laughs> this is pretty consistent now. He's, he's, he's batting about 80 to 90% of hits to injuries these days. And yeah, he gets up. Yeah, he continues to play through things. But I'm here to tell you, the guy's never had an ACL torn off. He hasn't had any major upper body or shoulders type stuff since early in his career. But he kind of babies all these little injuries. So like this whole tough as nails, this whole he's a warrior. I'm trying to wrap my head around it because to me, it's starting to seem not only maybe a little injury prone, but like little things seem to bother number nine and keep him either out of the game or reasons why he's not playing well or other things. So I know I need to turn it over to you. But that's where I'm going here early in the show is that the unconditional love that Matt Stafford's the toughest guy on the face of the planet, the biggest badass walking. I don't know if it holds up when you really look, especially the last, what, five to seven years, I'd say. Wow, I wasn't expecting that out of you. That's that's a good hot take, actually. I mean, uh, I, I see your point of view. I don't know if I agree with it, though. I think some of it is, like you said, all the people that give him the unconditional love that he's, he said tough as nails. What I keep seeing is that highlight from what his second year, third year, what the, or the Cleveland game or whatever. He dislocates rookie, his shoulder. Rookie they pop year, back in. 2010, oh, oh. 2011, that was. Oh, okay. So I think that's the one that everybody like keeps replaying in their mind. And obviously, I thought it was newer than what it actually was so they keep saying that like oh gosh look at that and like you see that highlight on nfl network i see it on facebook i see it on you know the lions sites that you know we are attached to that they keep running that it's like oh look at how tough it so yeah but i think at this point you mentioned like the last four or five years it just could be a culmination of you know, so many years of having a bad offensive line. And I know we talk how he's got some decent guys now, you know, here and there, but there's still, there's still some holes, but yes, he has taken some, he has taken some beating some years and uh, God, but the toughest nails, I think it could be one of those things where he just kind of wants to continue to prove it because maybe it's in his mind that uh, that doubt is there, that kind of like yourself, you just stated that he's not as tough as everybody says he is. So he has to kind of go out there and play with the, the hurt thumb and the banged up, you know, shoulder and the hurt legs and and that just to kind of prove it's like, yeah, I'm still tough. I can still sling the ball and, you know, I'm out here, you know, putting my body on the line for my beloved, you know, Detroit Lions, the team that put so much faith in me. So, but uh, to say that he's not, you know, tough as nails, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if that's tough as nails or just kind of being stupid. I, I really can't put my finger on it, but I am seeing your point of view. I, I really am. I don't know if I agree with it, but I'm seeing your point of view. So basically, you're not quite uh, for sure. <laughs> not quite for sure, man. <laughs> See, it, it, here, here, here's my other point with it is like I can't get with quarterbacks being tough as nails or the toughest guy on the football field. Because these guys, in 2020, or since Stafford's been playing, which is, you know, since 2009, 2010-ish, they, they're they so protected, and they, yeah, when, when you're throwing a ball, you know, 25 yards down the middle, and a free rusher is coming, and you might take one either to the upper chest or ribs, yeah, I, I can see how that's a tough shot to take, but what, what does a guy take of those? Maybe 10 a year? Maybe? You know, like some of these sacks, okay, the guy, they'll always say, well, he's got sacked like 30 times. How many of those sacks are like cover-ups or, or or grabs you by the ankle and you fall down on your own like we've seen so many times? Or remember when Peyton Manning would just crumple up like a little baby and take a sack but never really get hit? Like, you can't just look at these sack numbers like people do and say, oh, he's just, he's the most sack quarterback. Well, where, where are these big hits coming from? And a lot of these big hits recently are Matt Stafford running and not being smart enough to throw the ball out of bounds, you know, two beats early so he doesn't get hit, or not running up the middle and trying to run somebody over when you know your your Tayshawn Prince in a football jersey are going to be hurt afterwards almost every play. I mean, the last one where he got he got folded up sideways, there would have been ways to prevent that, but instead he puts himself in harm's way. And like I basically know every time he gets hurt, he's either gonna or he gets hit, he's either gonna be hurt 
or he's going to get up like he's hurt or people are going to say, oh, he's probably hurt. That's why his next five were incomplete. Like, I think I'm getting the reputation online for being this guy that just wants Stafford out, wants, you know, Zach Wilson and doesn't like him at all. That's not the case. Like, I'm I'm not a Stafford's horrible. I'm not a run him out of town necessarily, but I'm here today on the podcast saying, like, he doesn't get hit like offensive linemen or or linebackers, and, and those guys aren't going out all the time with little knickknacks. I mean, guys are playing with broken hands. They're playing with busted up feet. What we've had, we've had people play with ACL type issues. And I'm just here to say when Matt Stafford's got 18 braces on his, on his index finger, or he's got a rib issue, or he tweaked his ankle and he's just out for the next three and three quarters plus, that doesn't scream warrior to me. That doesn't scream toughest guy on the planet. That seems like a guy that, is a football player that's battled through some things and also hasn't had the toughest injuries yet still he's either always dinged he's or he's missing games remember when he hadn't missed any games and now the last four years it's like he's probably averaging three four games plus a year missed if you if you do the math over the last five five to eight years wouldn't you say i mean it's just missing a lot of time yeah. and i just i don't know i i feel like it just went too far. Just like when people support him, I always feel like they're right in certain aspects, but they just go too far with it. It's like he's a good quarterback, but the minute you say he's great, he's unbelievable, he's the only thing good with Detroit, everybody else has been wrong except this guy. I'm like, hold up now. Now you've gone too far. And so when I hear Schlereth stink or all these people on the commentary just going on and on about how tough this guy is, it's like, okay, he got hit. He got up. Congratulations. Just like every other NFL player does almost every time, you know, um, I, I, I don't see it as something special. The, the, the Cleveland thing was special. The uh, I'm trying to think what other injuries he's even battled through where I thought, wow, that's incredible. You know, that he went out there. I mean, I guess this rib issue that he kind of fought through in such short a time was pretty impressive, but there's been plenty of injuries where, yeah, he plays, but to your to your point about him being not smart, I mean, how many times has he played with these ailments and, and cost us, too? Because, oh, the ball sailed on me. Oh, must have been my index finger. Oh, I, I couldn't run the football or couldn't make that play. Had to protect my ribs. Didn't want to get hit again. Want, you know, that type of stuff. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm torn on it. With that being said, though, does that kind of go with when people say, I mean, we've seen the Lions backups, you know, a uh, 75% staffers better than 100% insert backup name here. And then they lose. And like you said, all the excuses get, oh, it flowed because of his thumb. He doesn't have this. He doesn't, you know, his foot's hurt, his legs hurt, so he doesn't, he can't scramble like that. So at that point, it's like you lost anyways. So you went out there and took a little more of a beating, but. I don't know. That's one of those hindsights 2020 at that point. It's just like, oh, we we lost anyway, so we could have played the backup. It could have been healthy, and uh, I, I don't know. But other... I think the guy has a definite threshold for pain, but um, the toughest nails, I, I'm, I, can, I can definitely see your point of view on it. The other thing I want to mention that I'm, that I'm just struggling with too is, like you said, does he want to go out? Do we have anybody that's better? No, but the other beef I have with Matt Stafford as our 12 plus year quarterback here is I feel like he decided years ago, I'm just going to say what the football for dummies textbook tells me to say. I'm going to say all these grandiose things about, I don't want to go off on a cart. I'm going to practice. I need to play for my teammates. You know, he had that great quote, what, like two weeks ago, like I'm the quarterback of the Detroit lions. It's Sunday. I got to be out there. It's like, that, that sounded to me like something a PR guy would write that's like perfectly get everybody fired up, which it did. But it's what you say. But then, I mean, yeah, he goes out and plays. But I, I feel like he does all the things that you would want someone to say or do. The people that are frustrated with him and, and not, you know, taking it to the nth degree are the people that are just saying, but, but you still don't win. Like your numbers, you haven't put up 4,000 yards and or 5,000 yards and 50, 40 touchdowns since 2011, 2010. I mean, that was, that was nearly, gosh almighty. Can you believe that, Griffka? When I say 2011, that's like, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago. 
I mean, uh, he hadn't had a season anywhere close to that since then. I mean, that was like his ter- second or third year in the game. So it's like, I guess like I just get sick of the lip service too, both from him and from other people, where it's kind of like, you can say you're telling, say you don't want to go on a cart. You can say that you're there for your teammates. Yet I keep seeing you go out of games. I keep seeing you with 18 wraps on your hand. I continue to see you say the right things and not go do the best things on the football field, which is win us ball games, overcome the shortcomings of the Detroit Lions, and, and take us where where we wanted to go for the past decade. So I'm getting on like a secondary topic, but the, the main hot take, which I know people are going to send me their hate tweets, send me their their reasons why this is the worst thing ever said on our podcast, and I have no clue about football. I get it. You can send all those to at DKC on Twitter. I mean, you just hit me up. Send those. <laughs> Uh, that's fine (laughs) no send those to at Derek Oakry D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E send all the wow Grifka you're so smart over to the Grifka DKC Twitter but like I I just got to a point where I just wanted to throw it out there because I think we get in these lulls of just saying these things and believing them as gospel and when I started looking at it I'm like all these all these minor type injuries when I see all these other players ACL tear, tore off his uh, bicep, you know, uh, broke his ankle in three spots. Yet these guys, you know, not only come back, but they, that's a legit injury where not only you power through that, you're a warrior for having to deal with it. Like, I don't give a ton of credit when your your pinky was dinged or you had a, a hairline fracture and you, you come back. I mean, it's just like, okay, good. You you fought through. I mean, great. Did you, did you produce? Did you win? Did you overcome? Or were you just out there? And sometimes I feel like he's just out there with injuries, which I don't know if that does the team good other than him to say, look, I, I fought through. I tried to play for my team. I don't know if it does much good other than creating this narrative that – the absolute toughest quarterback you've ever seen in your entire lifetime in the game of football. I don't know that's that's true when you really look at it. There you go. That's what I got. I, I think you talked me into it, man. I, I, I agree with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's what I've been trying to do for 20 minutes. Get you to agree with me like you always do on a show. I know there's tons of people that won't. I mean, it's going to be a tough offseason because I don't want the impression of a Stafford hater, but I'm going to continue to bang this drum that – despite his age, despite his arm talent and despite his warrior mentality that most people throw out there, like people just have to understand me and you, I think have come to an actual agreement on the show, which is very rare that it's time, man. It's time to get a new person in here, whether to play right away or to groom and to start moving this thing forward. Because there's just the only thing I come back to grip. I know we got to keep the show moving is it can't be 12 plus years of, Everybody else was completely wrong and, and, and was just a complete, absolute abomination. But Matt Stafford was perfect. That can't be true. Yeah, he's not uh, – yeah, he's not perfect, man. So. And like and like you said, like maybe the first few years we could have said that, you know, where it's like, wow, look at this guy putting up all these numbers, that, that game in Cleveland, the, the 40 touchdowns. Maybe it is uh, he, he was the lone bright spot, but – when another decade goes by <laughs> and we're sitting there going, man, the only real constant is him and Mulebach and <laughs> everything else is crumbling around us. I mean, I can't, I can't let the guy off scot-free both for his toughness or for his play on the football field. I can't do it. I'm with you on that, dude. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Grifka, before we take, uh, Take our break here. What I wanted to do was something fun. So I'm, I'm I'm getting up from the Oak Creek Podcast Studios here, and I'm walking over to – I got this board, Griff, because I've been doing this year. It's a, one of my magnet boards, of course. And I was like, let me try to track things this year like a like a somewhat like a GM. You know, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing injuries. I'm doing ads and drops. I've got a practice squad board. I've got my my starting offense and defense where I've been pulling people off and on all year, depending on who's in, who's out. And like, I'm here to tell you, Grifka, I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's a lot of work to be trying to keep up with all these different things that go on all year. I mean, I can't keep up with it all, to be honest. But what I thought I'd do is rumble through some of these names and like 
names that you'll have funny takes on guys. You never even remember were on the team, you know, some of the ridiculous amount of injuries that we've suffered this year and kind of walk it through. So you, you ready to do this? Yes. Let's, uh, let's knock this out. Cause this sounds like this might take like three shows. <laughs> no, we're going to, we're going to rumble through it quick. So like right off in the beginning of the season, Grifka, a couple offensive players opted out. Geronimo, <laughs> Geronimo, Allison, and Bodine, <laughs> offensive linemen. So those guys haven't played. You you want to hear the offensive cuts that we've made this year, Griff? Could hear some of these great names. I mean, I can't even give you the first name on some of these guys. Okay, yeah, let's do this. This is going to be good. <laughs> we got Jonathan Williams, Isaac Nada, Marvin Hall, Bo Benchwell, <laughs> Kenny Wiggins, Nick Bodden. <laughs> <laughs> we got Lacey, West Hills, the wonderful side, the beautiful uh, golf course named West Hills. We got Huntley, the fifth round draft pick, Dawkins at running back, your boy, Ty Johnson, Bo Scarborough, my boy, Travis Fulgham, my guy, went to star over there in Philly for two weeks. Garnett, the offensive lineman, interior guy that we picked up, Luke Sellers, the fullback. He gone. <laughs> we got some guy. I can't even read my own writing. It's uh, some offensive lineman. I don't even know. Starts with BN. I don't even know the rest. We got Davis. Looks like he's a some receiver of some sort. And Sokol, the uh, backup, no name, tight end. <laughs> what do you think about that, Griff? Because those are the offensive cuts that I was able to track this year to some degree. Wow. Uh. Like you said, Fulgham, he was like hot for two weeks. And everybody's like, why did we cut this guy? What happened? And still, you know, you know nothing. You know, that was that's the one that, you know, blew up on Twitter when he had like, you know, a great week and then a decent week. And people are like, we could really use him. Yeah, OK. Exactly. Grifka, this is where you're supposed to go on for 10 minutes about your boy Ty Johnson. That's scoring 100 yards oh, and touchdowns yeah. over there with the New York football Jets. Oh, yeah, that's right. Somebody, Yeah, he's going to be like the new Emerson Boozer there. Wait, that's from the 60s. That's even way before me. But, I'm uh, too still. far away to the bell right now. Don't be naming people off from back in the day when I can't bell you. Um, I go, our- what, Curtis Martin? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. It's like you said, that this could take a while. So defensively, John Atkins, the defensive tackle, opted out of the season. You want to hear some of the cuts that I tracked? I'm sure there's many more than this that weren't even worth putting on a magnet. You want to hear these? I'm sure you're going to, like, name these, and people are going to listen to this go, if we had that guy, if we still had that guy. What do you mean, like, (laughs) D-Virgin? Win some some defensive end that never played? How about Wilkins, Huggins, Sayapolu? Clark, Jerron Curse cut this week. Uh, Martin, a defensive end that I never heard of, didn't do anything. A guy named Mac, I don't know who that was. Uh, Christian Sam, the uh, linebacker that never got a chance here. Dinson, looks like a corner, never heard of him. <laughs> Elijah Lee and some guy, one of the many Joneses that played on this football team. I think that was that corner that we <laughs> picked up when we had nobody that played and then was gone a week later working at the bowling alley like Griffka, that's the defensive names this is the defensive ir right now uh cornell the rookie we took in the sixth round deshaun hand mccray the corner special team stud shelton uh flowers has been on ir trufant okuda <laughs> like those are just some of the names where i was pulling off our starting list putting over there in the old ir spot i mean game day and actives just for recent that i have up here stenberg jamie collins make it 10 billion dollars david blau usually inactive kenny galladay frank ragnow our beast of a center's uh inactive these days crosby our right tackle he's not playing i mean it's just a mash unit man it's embarrassing like is there anybody worth any substance that I've mostly named or the guys I did know are the guys that should be making plays and they've either been hurt all year or never show up to play on Sundays. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The, all those cuts, I, I'm not one of those guys. Like if we still had them, like I said, those guys are all cannon fodder anyways, <laughs> and it doesn't matter, but freaking tackling. Like, how, how are those guys even on our team? 
Like those, those are like 15 names that I actually made a magnet for and put either on the practice squad or on our starting team for a week or two, and then had to pull off because the Detroit Lions cut those bumps. They, they, you don't even know who half those guys are. We talk about him twice a yeah, it's week. That's bad when you said Jones. You go Jones. Here's another Jones. That's like I don't say it's a made up name. Like some guy like signed into a hotel, you know, wanting a fake name. Yeah, I'm Fred Jones. Okay. Right. right. L- listen to this. The cannon fodder on our practice squad. This is the last time I updated it. Which again, I tried to keep up, and then I just gave up. Some some guy named Brown, a center. Jer- Jarrell Adams, tight end, who I actually liked in the draft years ago. Uh, Victor Bolden's been on the practice squad time and time again. Skipper, the offensive tackle that we've had here for about three, four years that can't play. Kennedy, a little white receiver that'll never do anything in the NFL. Martin, an interior lineman slash center that will, will never do anything to help us. Uh, gosh, who else is on here? Jordan Scarlett, who they picked up recently running back. I actually like him. And Tayomu, I think is how you pronounce it, the quarterback, uh, that played, gosh, where was he? He played um, not at Utah. Maybe he was, a, I can't remember. Like, uh, I liked him in college and thought he was a deep flyer as a, as a quarterback. We, we've got a long snapper named Wordle who might actually be the replacement for um, for Mulebach. Sipos, I think they just got rid of. Punter, they've kept around all year. Brian, I think it's Price. Uh, is it Brian Price, first name? He's a nasty safety. I actually like some of his physical traits. Uh, Tremaine Brock, who we just brought up this past week, came from the bowling alley to play corner and got lit up this week. Anthony Pittman from what Oakland University or something that they've kept around who like we all know is never going to make an impact on an NFL team legitimately. Um, Jordan Elliott from Notre Dame, who I like as a safety prospect as well. And then that kid Myers that just got destroyed by Derrick Henry. I mean, there's not one there's like two or three prospects I like on our whole practice squad. And you know, they're never going to make a dent. I mean, that that's, that's the Detroit lions team this year. Griff could like all those names came through the doors and either played a game or were brought up or were signed for what? Nothing. We got nothing out of any of those people. I named barely whatsoever. Um, you brought that Myers name again. I just thought of something when you mentioned it. Um, yeah, he, he was on a pro squad and stuff, but is that something, you know, like, like if you're his parents, you know, you're like, yeah, that's my son. Didn't your son get trucked by Derrick Henry? Well, a lot of people get trucked by Derrick Henry. No, I mean, he, like, pushed him out of the stadium <laughs> truck, man. Not, like, you know, ran over him, but is, yeah. is that something you're like, yeah, that's my boy. You know, your boy got trucked, man. Why don't you just be quiet there? It's it's definitely you know like you you probably would have just been better collecting your couple thousand on the practice squad and, and sitting up in the uh, suite eating chicken wings like Mike Williams used to rather than getting that done to you getting a getting a Sunday check when that happened to you that's for sure I thought you were gonna bring up a cheap plug Grifco which is that I am gonna bless you I'm gonna I'm gonna make your dreams come true this Thursday on the Believe in Lions podcast with Benny Blades where. Where the only thing Benny Blades wanted to talk about in that Titans game was our guy Myers getting put in the ground by Derrick Henry. He absolutely loved that, but he didn't love it because he said there ain't no way somebody's doing that to him ever. But Grifka, you're going to be on this Thursday. I know you, Benny Blades, one of your favorites. You're going to talk to him. I'm going to give you carte blanche, ask him questions. We might even just have you on the whole show, and you can kind of just roll with the punches and 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 hang with me and Benny and talk football all show. I mean, is that going to be something else or what? I think people, everybody listen to Kool-Aid cast needs to tune into that. Not only every week because Benny blades is incredible, but this Thursday to hear Grifka talk to one of his boyhood heroes. I am so looking forward to this. <laughs> I, you don't, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I know Christmas just happened, but I don't think I'm going to sleep the night before the, of the recording. So it, I, I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be incredible. But Benny uh, was not so fun to admire. So that's what I got, Griff. I mean, I'm looking at my starting board and I have to look at linebackers named Reeves, Maben, Raglan, Tavai, Christian Jones, and Jared Davis. Ay, ay, ay. Like, of course, I tried to hang in there and like promote a lot of these guys or hope they were going to be good. I said on Twitter recently, they all gots to go. All of them. They all got to go. It's been a, <laughs> just an abomination this whole year. I mean, our corners, we're, we're, we're starting every week. If we're lucky, 
Daryl Roberts and Mike Ford have to play. I mean, that's a, that's an absolutely, there's no other NFL team that has to do that. I mean, how many times is my guy Deron Harmon going to get roasted on the back end? It's embarrassing. I mean, John Penasini, a big bowling ball interior player, has been one of the best players on our whole football team, and that tells you a whole lot right there. And then, gosh, on offense, man, I feel like Abushi is just a just a joke. Uh, Joe Dahl, what's he playing center now for Frank Ragnow? We got we got Cephas and Muhammad Sanu out playing wide receiver for our team. Like, gosh, just frustrating. Look at that board and just see all these names that like. You either hoped would be good or all those cuts I named off are like, what are we even wasting the ink and the pen to sign these people? Like, what are they doing that warranted them having a roster spot when all these other teams have all these studs up and down the roster? Yeah, that's a, I don't want to say it's a who's who. That's a nobody's nobody list right there. Just, a, exactly. I mean, you look at it, it's like, were they even good in college? Nope. Yeah, it's like well, you think was Amy good in college? You know? Nope. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nope. Easy answer on that. None <laughs> of those guys were good in college. Me and you could draft better teams and bring in better free agents than any of those guys, basically that I mentioned. Uh, gosh, just embarrassing. So it, it's been crazy. Like the life yeah. of a GM. Like just the 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 cuts, the injuries, the people in and out every week, the moving around the roster. That's why I love doing them on the magnets, though, because it makes it so easy to kind of like every week, literally before the game, I'll like get the inactives and I'll take all these players off. Okay. This guy's out. He's out. He's out. I'll take all the other magnets, try to start moving them around. Okay. I guess this guy's going to play DN. Now I guess you got to move this guy to outside corner instead of backup, backup slot corner. You know what I mean? Like you're just moving around all these chess pieces and then you're looking at it going, we can't win with this. <laughs> like, this isn't winning team. This isn't winning football. This is just a mash unit of not only injuries, anybody that's worth a damn's been out this year, and then anybody that's either been signed or been backup depth is just, as you say, I mean, what do you call them here on the show, Grisky? Oh, they are camp fodder, baby. <laughs> is it camp fodder? I thought it was cannon fodder. Oh, it's either one. I think that camp fodder's preseason, and then, you know, during the season, they just become cannon fodder since camp's over. What about when you you just call grown men that make millions of dollars uh, tackling dummies? That always makes me laugh. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or cardboard cutouts or garbage cans or something. Yeah, okay. Uh, Grifka, we got to take our break. I already did kind of a promo, but they're going to hear a little bit about Believe in Lions with Benny Blades, and then we hope that everybody will tune in this Thursday when um, we're we're not sure how we're going to run it yet. We might give you your own segment where you can just fire stuff at Benny Blades. We might start up the show with you, me, and Benny talking, and you just roll with the punches and ask him stuff throughout the show. I mean, I might have to let Benny know that you, you've called him out a couple times here on this show. We'll see how he reacts to that. Um, that that should be fun. But everybody, take a quick listen to this promo, and we come back. i got to talk to Grifka about this new year, new team, how the Detroit Lions going to get this all figured out, how when it's going to happen, and how. So I know you guys want to hear what Grifka's got to say about this. It's going to be great. So everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast, and this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors, but today I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions, and that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for... The U, you know what it is, the University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times a show. Benny loves to talk about his Hurricanes, his Lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. 
we have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk lions. Like I said, he brings up the hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's, it's a really fun show. Benny loves the lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as, uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V in Lions with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Uh, really appreciate you um, listening to that sponsorship about Believe in Lions. Uh, fun show due on Thursday. Uh, first year with Benny Blades. We'll see where it goes. Um, me and him seem to have fun, but... Um, you just never know what uh, what might happen, but hopefully we'll be doing that, uh, you know, qu- quite a while until the Lions get stuff headed back in the right direction. Benny Blades loves the Lions. He picks them to win every week. He tells great stories. He makes me laugh. And he's got one of the better football mentalities that you'll ever hear because every time he starts talking about uh, how you got to be tough and how you got to tackle and how you got to be in the locker room, it's just incredible. The Lions need a lot more of that on their current team. There's no doubt about it. But uh, Grifka will have you on there uh, Thursday. Everybody can check that out on their favorite podcast platform on Thursday mornings. That's B-L-E-A-V and Lions with myself and Benny Blades. But Grifka, I want to know from you. Um, people will be hearing this show on Wednesday, so it uh, won't be the new year yet. By the time they hear our Friday show, will be uh, ringing in 2021. Everybody will be glad that 2020 is done and gone. But like the Lions, I mean, this has been another ridiculously tough season. I remember you asking me early in the year, some guy predicted six wins or less or whatever, and I laughed it out of the building. I went on some big tirade. Here we are again. Five wins. I don't see it really getting better, but, you know, we've had injuries up and down. The coaches are gone. The gym is gone. Everybody, as I just explained, looking at our roster, saying, man, there's only a few pieces there on the offensive side of the ball and one or two on defense that are worth keeping around. Like, But it is an exciting time because in the next, what, I'd say three to five weeks, we're going to hire a brand new general manager of the Detroit Lions, new ideas, new vision for the team. Uh, he's then going to hire a head coach that he believes in that can come in here, get this team turned around, probably a whole new offensive and defensive schemes, coaches, you know, hope will be abound. And like, that's going to be something to be excited about, especially heading into the draft where it's going to be like uh, top draft pick again, new regime. Like how do you see this all going down? Like, when do you see this getting the, the, the GM set? Like, are you going to be fired up when this new breath of fresh air is, is put into this team, even though, you know, it's not a quick fix. Yeah. Like you said, um, probably within, I think the announcement's probably going to come for the GM shortly before the Super Bowl. I, I don't think they want to wait that long till after the Super Bowl you know, to do something like that. They want to be able to get that announcement out. You know, I don't want to say get their little bit of fanfare or whatever. And, you know, they're not looking to take anything away, but they want to have the GM in place before that. So the GM can come in and say if their team's like still in the playoffs that they have to do the interviewing for he can kind of pinpoint, say, like, I would really like this guy. I would really like this guy. You know, they're still coaching. That way they can kind of put their list together at that point. So then depending on who they're interested in coaching, it's obviously going to be, you know, if it's somebody in the playoffs, somebody in the Super Bowl, depending on what it is, shortly thereafter the coach will be named um, at that point. Obviously they're going to be on the same page. And like you said, this is not going to be a, a quick turnaround. I mean, you went through it. I've seen, you know, I've liked your your tweets about who you who the who we should keep. We mentioned it here on the show. Who we're looking to keep, and that's just out of what fifty five guys or fifty two guys that are eligible to, you know, to play. I mean, there's like you have you have like a what a total of six. I mean, that's <laughs> that's 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 pretty bad. So it's am I going to be excited with somebody new? We we mentioned the guys that I would like. I know I, we both differed on what Rick Smith, but we both really like Thomas Dimitrov. If Thomas Dimitrov is the guy they, they choose, I know there were some rumors going on late last week that he was the guy. And um, 
now it's just people are like, well, Lewis Riddick, you know, Monday Night Football's over, you know, interview Lewis Riddick. It's just like, or give it to Lewis Riddick. But it's still, I think Thomas Dimitrov, if he came in, I would be ecstatic with that simply for the reasons I explained to you. But he's one of those guys. I, I think he's really good at picking out talent. He's loosely off the Bill Belichick tree when they were in Cleveland together. I mean, he wasn't, he was just, you know, at that point, just kind of breaking down film. If you've ever seen the ESPN 30 for 30 thing, he was breaking down film more so, which is really, you know, getting your, you know, cutting your teeth on how to judge talent. So I would really like him. Once again, Rick Smith would be the other guy that I would really like, but getting the coach in here shortly, getting on the same page, really breaking down who they can keep. I'm reading stuff like, oh, the next coach that comes in is really going to be able to turn Tavai around, which I don't know what guy, whoever said that, what they were thinking or smoking, because that's not going to happen in a million years. They're going to brush him right out the door along with the rest of the linebacking crew. Griff, could, so didn't, you see it's, it's Tavai, yeah. didn't you see Tavai make one or two plays this past week? I mean, he, he's coming to his own now. I mean, this guy that we've we've waited on, we've said maybe, and then we know he can't play. He made like one play. I saw people on Twitter like saying, oh, people say Jelani Tavai can't, can't be good. I'm like, he can't. He he fell into a couple plays. Congratulations. Like he played fifteen other games where I didn't notice the guy. Or I did notice him and that wasn't good either. <laughs> oh god. The, the good the, the funny thing was like the back to back plays in open field where Leonard Fournette juked him. Now Leonard Fournette, you know, the guy's more of a bruiser. I mean, he's he's not gonna juke too many people, but he broke Jelani Tavai's ankles on back to back plays. Oh, terrible. I mean, that's like, come on, man. <laughs> Rivka, let me ask you this. What about Urban so, Meyer? Yeah, I... No. <laughs> Why? Uh, no. And, and if it's one of those things where he's like, oh, you know, college, you know, this is all the stress. It's making me, you know, sick, you know, giving me headaches, you know, chance of heart attack. Dude's going to have to come to the lines and deal with this. I mean, where people are just salivating, you know, just waiting, just jonesing for, for a winning team. But he's and a winner, Ohio State, you get your pick of the, You're like Alabama. You're Clemson. You get, you get the pick of the litter every year. I mean, pro is different. You you got to – I mean, you got to build more stuff. You just can't, oh, I'm just going to go walk into, you know, so-and-so's home. It's like, hey, why don't you sign with the Lions? Oh, okay, no problem. You know, and, like, he's out there, you know, getting Patty Mahomes and, you know, out there getting, you know <laughs> – I don't know. It's just you know, Stephon he, Diggs or whatever, and like all. But the, he won. Know, he won at Bowling Green. Come with the Lions. He won at Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State. Like, don't we want a winner in here? Like, even my thing with Urban Meyer is like, you know, I, I don't want him really either, but I do want somebody that has a track record of winning or that type of mentality. And the problem is, like, even if he comes in here and turns everything around and gets his quarterback and wins games, like, you know, he's in it for what? three to four years maybe and then he's gonna be out for whatever reason he's gonna come up with this time so we we that's why i'm leaning towards sala because i feel like he's a guy that if he gets it right and he is good you could have him for that decade plus which is really what we need i think we don't need a guy to come in and just flip everything upside down and then get burnt out or like you said have all these other factors come into play it's like I don't know. We do want to win, though, so I, I knew you'd probably be negative on that. So so what is your perfect combo right now? We're sitting in late December. Dimitrov and Jeez. Sala? Yeah, that's who, that's who I would have to go with. He had a defensive-minded coach down in Atlanta, and I think that's what he believes is kind of like – Sorry, it kind of goes back to Bill Belichick thinking that defense wins. Cha- defense wins, even though Belichick had Tom Brady, obviously, and we all seen what that happens. But uh, I think that's what they're going to go with. Defensive-minded people. If it's Dimitrov, I don't think he's going to go take an offensive-minded coach. So that's who I'd be looking like right there. I mean, we all saw what Salah did with, you know, Kyler Murray was having you know having an, a good year, and he shut him down. You know, last week, and yeah, it's one game, but still, I mean. He turned that San Francisco defense around. It's more like San Francisco's offense this year that kind of sucks, more so than that defense. So, so let me ask you this: What if Dimitrov, uh, Lewis Riddick, whoever it may be, your boy Rick Smith, what, what if what if all three of them, you know, were in consideration, but they were all like in, in lockstep that, you know, you can win with Matt Stafford, like he's still only thirty-two. 
Um, we'll build around him. We'll extend him here in a couple of years. If he plays good football, keep him for another three, four years. He's a, he's a lion for life. He's the guy. He's our, he's our quarterback. We love him. He's, he's the guy. Like, is that a deal breaker for you? Or are you just like, all right, cool. These guys know, um, we'll roll with that. We'll roll with another five years of Matt Stafford at the helm. At that point, I would be okay with it, and I would be okay to roll with it if that's what they believe. But I don't think that'll happen. I think somebody's going to want whoever comes in, they're going to want something fresh. They might draft the quarterback of the future and have him sit behind Stafford for a year or so. But uh, they're the they're going to want to hitch their wagon to somebody to somebody new, and that's just how I feel. Here's the thing, though. Lewis Riddick already came out on TV and said that he – he loves Matt Saver. He's not the problem. You just build around him. I think I put on there. I'd heard the quote. He literally said on TV with a straight face that we have two good running backs. I was like, we do? <laughs> Who? Because, <laughs> like, I've, I've come on the show and said how much I like Adrian Peterson when he was good, <laughs> when he was playing good. But, like, he's no he's no world beater. And, like, I had people come to huge defense of Carrion Johnson. They, they, they wanted Carrion Johnson to tweet back at me and blow me up or something. Little do they know Carrion Johnson's too busy playing video games and hanging out with his hot yet probably annoying girlfriend to to get back at us or pay any attention to anything or or I don't know look at his playbook one guy tried to tell me he's he's the best pass blocking guy in the league and I'm like yeah we took him in the second round <laughs> like I that's like taking a fullback in round three or four and saying man he's the best though it's like yeah but it just it doesn't make any sense well, like I it's just well, ridiculous. that's great that's great He's like he's just he's just incredible. We got the, in, best, in nut, we got the best third down back in the, in, in the second round. I'm like That's so not what your five, second round pick's supposed to do. I'm like so for five to seven plays a game, he's great in pass pro. Wow, as Grifka would say, freaking congratulations. I'm really impressed by that. <laughs> not not at all. So so this oh, yeah, is my. Def- that's definitely something I would say. So this is my thing. Like that's a deal breaker for me. And here's why not because Matt Stafford can't play the game or that he can't go somewhere else and be good. It's just, we can't go status quo anymore. We know that hasn't worked. No GM is going to come in here and keep Stafford fix everything up perfectly. And in two, what two to three years, we're going to then win with a 35, 36 year old Matt Stafford. No, like, and, and your whole thing, oh, draft a guy and then let him play in a year or so. Grifka, when does a rookie come and hang out for a year or so? Like very, very, very rarely. Just that guy up in Green Bay because the smug Aaron Rodgers decided to play football again and, and annoy everybody in the NFL. But other than that, you get drafted. You might hang out for a little bit three games, six games up to the trade deadline. You're not sitting for a year plus uh, in 2020. That just doesn't happen. And it's not even smart to do with the way the contract set up and all the other factors. So my whole thing, and I thought we were on the same page that the best thing to do right now is to just get a dynamic new GM, a coach that isn't, you know, this bland, ho-hum, never say anything in the media, no excitement on the sideline, no dynamic play calls either on offense and defense. Get a guy that's got all that juice and that can work well together and just rip the Band-Aid off. Just trade Stafford for whatever you can get for him, draft an exciting quarterback, put some skilled players around him, whether offense and defense, and let's have a whole new football environment here. I don't want... Same old, same old. I don't want to be talking to you next fall heading to training camp trying to put together why it's going to all work this time with number nine and the same cast of characters. Like, I don't think we can get away with that. This is the time to start it all over. Yeah. Like I said, I would I would just cut them and eat it. And I think the, the new coach and GM, they're going to have a few more years to try to build something. So they're going to have a little more rope to play with. So that's why I said just eat it. And I know it's going to be a big a big hit on the salary cap, you know, to do that next year based on, you know, the dead money. But if the new GM wants to come in and say, yeah, we can win with him. We like him. This is the guy we're going to go with. I mean, I'll, I'll put my faith in that then. 
I mean, I, I will. I mean, I, I know that what Stanford like is. Me. I mean, he's not coming in saying we're going to win. That sounds Ryan like me. It sounds like something I would say, which you normally <laughs> say on the show. When I get in a big rant and rave and get on a negative streak, you always say, oh, it sounds like me. But, like, you sound like me just going along with the same old, same old, whatever he says. And, like, this is our chance to not do the same old, same old, to not just go along with, well, it hasn't worked for 10 to 12 years, but this year it's going to work. Why? It, it hasn't. It's 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 got us nothing except a couple playoff appearances. That's not... Not only is in the words of Bob Quinn, is that not good enough? I'm sick of it. Let's just let's just go in a whole new direction and get everybody fired up about this team. Could you imagine if they got a young dynamic quarterback, a speed demon and like Rondale Moore, a, a nasty linebacker, and then maybe like a defensive end that got a few a bunch of sacks next year with some of our other players? Like that would be stuff to hang our hat on for the next who knows how many years rather than just going through the motions again. Gosh. I'm like ready to just change everything, but I know it's probably not going to happen, but I feel like that's, if they don't do it, you're just costing yourself. It's like when Bob Quinn came in and kept Caldwell, it was like, you just went halfway in the water. Like just get on the highest diving board right now with no, (laughs) no, uh, life jacket and just jump off into the ocean and see what happens. Like either you're going to make it or jaws is going to get you one of the two. You know what I mean? That's what I want the lions to do right now. (laughs) Uh, okay, I just like I said, I I would uh, I would cut staff, not cut. I'd get rid of him, do what I can to get rid of him, and eat it. But the GM came in and said we're gonna we're gonna keep him and go with it. Okay, I you know I know me and you me and you've been been, been switching positions lately. It's so strange. <laughs> oh my goodness, Un- unbelievable stuff, man. I I think there there might be a I don't know a uh, conspiracy with all that. <laughs> There might be something going on here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast where you're trying to be me and I'm trying to be you or or I got so frustrated with this team I became you and you're trying to finally be positive for once because that's how I always ran it. I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on right now. It's craziness. Something, something, something weird yes. going on. Yes. But like I say, I bet everybody when I dropped the old uh, hot take, you know, was feeling like this. I know none of you guys want to hear it. I know you want me to come on here every week and say Matt Stafford's the greatest quarterback of all time. He can do no wrong. Everybody else is the absolute issue. He's a, a, a oblivious to pain, but couldn't do it. I had to entertain you with that hot take. Griff, could we walk through a bunch of no names that were on the Detroit Lions between August and now? And then you you spun a little positivity at the end, and I shook everybody up about how we just need to rip this bandaid off and get this straight. So, I mean, Grifka, there's only one thing left to do here on the show. I mean, that's simply this. Grifka, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. <laughs> thought about it he was he was pondering it but nothing um everybody thank you so much for drinking that detroit kool-aid a bunch of fun on the show i know you'll have some reactions to what was said today we appreciate you listening we try to have fun we try to talk football and it's been another tough season there's no doubt about it but we'll come in friday griffith is gonna have some good topics i'm gonna have some other strong opinions talk about the vikings talk about uh Gosh, we just got a lot on the docket for Friday, so please check out that show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll take care. We'll see you then. Everybody, we're out. Drink it in, man.